Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives, inspiring Christ followers to join Jesus in his mission in their everyday lives. Welcome to Rooftop Perspectives. My name is Michael Brewer, and this is John Whaley. John, welcome to a new week. Amen. It's good. It's a great new week. And it is. Today it is. is part two of what we started last week. So I'm excited. So we'll, we'll first tell everybody that may be watching for the first time. Why are we here? Well, we uh, are glad you've joined us. And every week we uh, have a mission. And that's to inspire you and to encourage you to join Jesus in his mission in your everyday life. And we're able to do that by sharing stories of, of people who are actually doing that and reports of how God's moving in the world all around the globe. And as John's already alluded to, this is this is part two of, uh, of a session we started last week. And I think you said it well. If, if anybody has ever embodied what it means to join Jesus in his mission, this guy does. Re- reintroduce our guest for those who may be here for the first time. Amen. Well, if you didn't see part one, first of all, you need to go back and see part one. If you're just listening for the first time, um, I, I encourage you to pause part two, go back and watch part one, and then come back and watch part two. Yeah. David Nixon is is a wonderful friend that I met at a prayer retreat several months ago. David has been a part of the Church of the Nazarene all of his life. He has served in ministry most of his life in the Church of the Nazarene as a lead pastor, a youth pastor, um, an elder. Um, He was um, the district superintendent for the Dallas district in Texas for a number of years and also for the Southern Florida district of the Nazarene church. He's a man on mission who loves the Lord, passionate about prayer, committed to advancing the kingdom, um, has a passion for the lost. And he is a man who embodies what it looks like to join Jesus in his mission. And so today is part two of the interview that we started last week. And so enjoy part two of this conversation with our good friend, David Nixon. And, and that makes, makes all the difference in the world. Um, well, the book is, you know, filled with so many stories about Haiti, about joining Jesus in his mission. Um, so many lessons. And you've already mentioned this word, but throughout the book is that theme of compassion. Amen. Which, which is interesting because I just did an interview with another ministry, and that's one of their core values is compassion. And, and I love how you even refer to compassion as your Jesus jersey. <laughs> yes. I mean, I love that. I love that. So, so now you know where that comes from. Uh, comes from the Colossians. Uh, I think it's chapter 3, verse, verse 12, uh, where Jesus, where Paul says, yeah. uh, clothe yourselves with compassion and he lists a, a few other virtues along with it but uh yes that's and you know when i uh look back over my life um i wonder how what gave me eyes to see needy people i uh i think i tell the story in there about a lady in one of my churches in in the Metroplex there in Texas, in, in Dallas area, she her church wanted to uh, uh, reach out to the community, to maybe some impoverished kids. So she goes to the local, the school closest to the church and asks to talk to the principal. 
and she she says to the principal, uh, "We want to we want to reach out to uh, some needy kids." Um, and she uh, rudely interrupted her and said, "We don't have any needy kids." And she turned to leave, and she said, "Well, actually." we do and then she took her hand and she put it over her eyes and say we choose not to see them mm. oh man um compassion is seeing the things that god sees and allowing your heart to break with the things that break his heart Amen. And uh, I think my uh, crowning experience of that opened my eyes to the need was when, as an assignment for uh, a class in seminary that I'd taken called Contemporary Social Ethics, the professor asked me to go stay in a uh, a rescue mission mm -hmm. overnight. So it just so happened that the director of the rescue mission, because I didn't take a wall or anything, but because he knew me, he let me in. You've got to have some kind of identification to get in the door. Well, um, I felt like what it, I experienced what it was like to be poor, outcast. Uh, and I write about that in the book, that experience. But uh, there's a world of hurt out there. Amen. Right at the very beginning of the uh, introduction, I paraphrase uh, something Henry Nouwen said about compassion. And I, I encourage people to take the compassion pledge. And, yes. and it simply says, I will... Uh, I will go where it hurts. I will enter the places of pain to share in brokenness, fear, confusion, and anguish. I will cry out with those in misery, mourn with those who are lonely, weep with those in tears. I'm willing to be weak with the weak, vulnerable with the vulnerable, and powerless with the powerless. Mm -hmm. I will fully immerse myself in the condition of being human. Amen. And uh, that's, uh, that's why, and I trace the story from when I believe uh, I got a heart for missions through my go godly parents. I've talked about the uh, my first mission trip, but uh, my my second mission trip was not until uh, uh, I came to uh, Haiti for the first time. Mm. And uh, my wife and I uh, were so affected by the hunger, particularly on the part of the the children, mm -hmm. um, we couldn't. We couldn't go back to our uh, our minority world 
of America and forget what we had seen. Mm. And for 30 years, we uh, we took a portion of our our funds and uh, supported what was called the Haiti Hot Lunch Program to give children a hot lunch every day. Mm. And we did it for 30 years until the program uh, ended. But um, who could have who could have orchestrated, and this is why I call it a dance with the impossible, because, uh, you know, having seen that and uh, gone there first, we built a, in those days, $5,000 could build a, a 40 by 60 concrete chapel. Wow. And we built, we built a church up in the mountains of a place called uh, Black, B-L-E-C-K, that, uh, has been a thriving um, church ever since. There's now a, a medical clinic there. And uh, we, <clears throat> how could I have known that, oh, probably a good 20 years later, um, I would be superintendent of a multicultural district with 26 Haitian churches, which by the way, has now grown to 40 since I retired. And uh, the 2010 earthquake came. Yes. And 300 people related to members of our Nazarene churches in Southern Florida perished in that earthquake that claimed uh, over 300,000 lives. And we wanted to do something major to respond. I can't go into all the details of it, but. Uh, uh, An amazing story. Yeah. How could I have known that when, uh, when I chose to respond, it was like it was like throwing a pebble into the pond. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine now what the uh, uh, the impact of that ripple effect. And oh, at first we we went over there about three weeks after the earthquake, and nothing nothing had had, had even started. The people were still in shock. Mm. And we thought, of course, your hearts go out to the children first. Okay, should I join Jesus uh, with a uh, with an orphanage or some kind of outreach to children? And uh, we came up with plans over a period of a year. And uh, we... <clears throat> Each time we took a step in that in a direction, it was a it was a Paul mo movement in Acts sixteen, where the door slammed. Yeah, and we were we had we had found an unfinished uh, child development center. We had agreed on the price of two hundred thousand dollars, and had raised the money for it. And a week before we were to go and 
and lay all the plans to finish it and open a child development center. Well, the owner of the property raised the price by another $100,000. And so uh, we felt like the door closed. And I remember I was in my devotional time early that morning and the Lord indeed uh, uh, directed me to Acts chapter 16. Because all along, God had something uh, better in mind. And um, we went over there because we had already purchased our tickets before the man raised the price. I remember we turned north and we headed up into the northern part of, of Haiti um, to a church in the heart of the voodoo community mm. and people who had uh, had taken a stand against the voodoo doctrine and that whole story's in the book mm -hmm. but um, I think all told we had we had $173,000 to invest in this and here was a church that uh, that structurally had had survived the earthquake other than the roof on their school had collapsed on the on the top story and wouldn't you know dancing with the impossible uh god the exact amount those people needed to finish their church was the exact amount of money we had only God. <laughs> Only God. So uh, we entered, we shook hands with the pastor and his wife. And, you know, remember, we, we, we wanted to help the children. We didn't realize that in helping this church, which was running a thousand, we were able to finish a 2,000 seat auditorium on with two upper balconies. Um, dedicated and uh, it's been an amazing story ever since the backstory of all that is in the book but here's here's where the ripple effect is is, is when you do some good work if it inspires somebody else then you have just created a ripple effect and and you probably didn't even know it i took my younger brother with me on the trip where we were we were building the pews for 2000 people um that was our that was our team assignment that week and when he got he went um uh, he was profoundly affected by the 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 water shortage no clean water and uh i think i talk in there about sometimes god whispers to people you can do something about that you can you can quit just bemoaning the fact that here's a need and somehow god makes you feel you can you can meet that need mm -hmm. well he came up with uh what he called the living waters project and when I retired from that assignment in 20, 
14, uh, we started digging community wells uh, throughout Haiti. Now understand one well um, services a community of 1,500 people. Mm, that's great. And uh, we uh, just a couple of months ago we got pictures even of all the we can't even go to Haiti now. It'd be too mm -hmm. dangerous. Yeah. But we have now completed our 115th well. Wow. Or cistern in that little water scarce country of of Haiti. Well, the idea was, okay, uh, we're going to dig a community well on church-owned property so there's no dispute over who owns it. The church owns it. People come to the church location to get free, clean water. And then through the Jesus film, uh, we introduce them to Christ. Uh, a core group is formed in a church. And then many of these places did not have any place to meet other than what they've been able to uh, throw up with uh, uh, trashy trash materials. Uh, <laughs> and so we started building churches too. That's amazing. And we yeah. have built 2024. So think about that. One little pebble mm -hmm. and the ripple effect goes, goes on. And uh, you never know. You never know. I mean, I can't what wait to get to heaven. You is going to is going to be a part of God's great plan um, to see things mighty kingdom advances be made. And and as far as we know, uh, you know, I couldn't tell my brother to do that, but he, he is a man of wealth, and uh, uh, the wells are going to be continue to be dug. That's right. I hesitate to say in perpetuity, uh, but for a long time to come. My my conviction is when we get to heaven, we're going to spend a lot of time hearing stories about ripples. <laughs> and, yes. and as we begin to understand the big picture of all that God was doing behind the scenes, and we'll, we'll hear stories about things we had no we had no realization just how how much that impact what we thought was so little now god took that and and multiplied it and used it for his glory but it's a great great book and i want to encourage people um to get a copy of dancing with the impossible and several other books and you tell them well. they can you can get a copy uh by going to i now have a a new website okay uh, Fantastic. Just go to davidfnixon.com and all the links you need uh, for this book. And if you look in the blogs, it's still under construction, but uh, the essentials are up. Okay. There'll be, uh, there'll be a new page called uh, Other Books by, by the Author. 
uh, yeah. that'll have links on how you can ignore these. But if if you have trouble finding that, just go to either Amazon.com mm -hmm. or Westopress.com. Okay. okay. And put that in. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you taking time today to share with us. And man, it's just a, I, I mean, there's just so many great principles about leadership, about character. Um, it's, um, and I, and I'm not saying this because you're my, my friend and you're my guest today, but I mean, I read a lot of books, but this one has really been inspirational and I've well, really enjoyed you. reading it and, and just so you're much. Up, I, I would like to leave with the, a challenge to uh, Please do. that I've tried to adopt personally. Um, it's a question. Mm -hmm. Are you on mission? Have you really joined Jesus somewhere where he is working? And uh, my message is do it, do it on a mission near mm -hmm. and one far. Um, uh, find a a local mission maybe for some of you it'll be the rooftop mm -hmm. and you join rooftop uh, ministries where they where they are working or somewhere in your community uh, my mission near is called uh, reconciliation ministries and when you when you get involved, you need to get involved financially, but also prayerfully. I uh, I am currently leading a team of uh, uh, intercessors praying for each of the men in that program because the pull of Satan back to the old life uh, it doesn't stop the moment they cross into the door. <laughs> Man, that's true. Um, and uh, God has blessed that uh, that ministry locally, but my mission far, of course, is is Haiti, the Living Waters Project. Um, in, uh, but start with a commitment to a local church, your local church. Yes, I even talk about tithing in there, uh, <laughs> which because, is critical uh, for. For so many people, that's uh, Batterson says that's the coup d'état. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, people want to argue over the over the percentage. Yes, um, your obedience uh, has an incredible uh, ripple effect. It does. And I have a whole section on uh, uh, big little things. Mm -hmm. Don't ever underestimate the power of one act of compassion done in Jesus name and what it can produce in, uh, in his kingdom. Amen. That's so true. We never know. We never know how that little ripple is going to create a mighty tsunami somewhere where God's at work. But David, I tell you, it's been, a, it's been a blessing to have you today and thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and record this conversation with me that we can share it with others. And, and I'm looking forward to more conversations in the, in the days ahead. Yes, sir. God bless you. Uh, can I pray for you all? Yeah. Please close us out in prayer before I stop the recording. Heavenly father, we, uh, 
We thank you for your presence today. Maybe something was said or heard mm. that uh, will inspire someone to leave the bleachers of their own self-interest and self-sufficiency and they their eyes would be open to an extent lord that they would join you in in this chaotic world that we are living in yes lord we believe lord you are able to open doors and that our obedience to do what we can don't allow anyone lord to be frustrated by what they can't do but show them what they can do Mm. in a powerful name because uh, it may not be large amounts of money but it could be very large prayer support um, pray for John and the leaders of the rooftop ministries around the world Lord thank you for what they are doing thank you for our time together Lord in Jesus name amen Amen. To join Jesus in his mission, our tagline, our, our purpose, our focus, the reason we have the rooftop perspectives each week. I loved, I've never heard this, put on your Jesus jersey. That was a great phrase because, you know, we talk about being clothed in his righteousness, but he, he reminded us of Colossians 3.12 where we're told to be clothed with compassion, among other things, as Paul's writing to the church at Colossae. And how do you say it? Therefore, as God's chosen people, clothe yourselves with compassion. As God's mm -hmm. chosen people, clothe yourselves with compassion. Mm -hmm. And this guy, like you said, he, he embodies that sense of compassion, that love for others, that, that burning and yearning. Because how do you say it? Compassion is seeing the things God sees. And then letting our heart be broken with the things that breaks God's heart. Fully immersing ourselves in what it is to be human in all aspects of our culture. And he talked about loneliness, homelessness, grief, the, the sense of, of being left out of everything else. That he, that he put himself in a place to experience that. And came away from it. And I loved, he said, and what it really is, is fully immersing yourself in what it means to be human. Because mm -hmm. many of us have never been on the extreme ends of doing without or being without or being alone. And, and that we learn to see those peoples and understand that God's heart's broken for them in their circumstances and our hearts should be broken too. Whatever breaks God's heart should break our hearts. Whatever moved God to become human, the incarnate word, and then to die in our place, mm. what, what moved him to that should move us to at least want to engage people with the gospel, with the good news, in conversation, in action, in, in acts of redemption, in acts of mercy, in acts of kindness, and in speaking the truth to the body of Christ that has a tendency to not want to engage with anybody on the low end of the spectrum, but we find ourselves reaching towards people in the upper end. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, just the whole conversation about compassion and about his, his his assignment, you know, at school to go spend the night in a rescue mission. And that's really what began the birth, that yeah. whole understanding of compassion and tying it into the incarnation. If there's anybody that fully immersed themselves in the human experience, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Yeah. So he so he could go to the cross and <clears throat> die for us. Um one of the things that I loved also, another metaphor he uses is the metaphor of a pebble being in, thrown into a pond. Um, he says, when we choose to respond to God's call, it's like throwing a pebble in the pond. But as we respond to that, what he talks about is that ripple impacts eternity. And that's really the heart of what it means to dance with the impossible. We go through life and we are throwing pebbles in the pond. And God's taken those ripples. And we talked about one day we're going to get to heaven and see all the ripple effects. Yeah. And, 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 and just be in awe of how God took the ripples and impacted so many lives as we stepped out of our comfort zone and we got on the dance floor with Jesus, yep. dressed in our jerseys of compassion, <laughs> and we danced <laughs> with the impossible. And we watched God do abundantly more in us and through us than we could ever imagine abundantly yep. abounding. And, and so, um, man, I, I love that whole analogy of throwing the pebble in the pond and watching God use the ripples to impact the world. Great analogy. And then he got real personal all up in everybody's business. <laughs> One of the shortest sentences we've ever had quoted in our takeaways. Yes. Are you on mission? Wow. You And you can't ask that of anybody else until you ask it of yourself. That's true. You have to, this is one of those moments, you have to look in the mirror and say, am I on mission? Am I on point? Am I on focus? Am I walking with Jesus? Because if your answer to that in any area is no, that's the area where you're not walking with Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't say we wouldn't sometimes leave or forsake him. So to ask ourselves, continue, am I on mission? And then I love, he said, you need to be on mission in two places. You need to be on mission near. And he talked about where he does his near mission. He named it. This is where I'm involved in this ministry. That's my near mission. And far. And as we said in last week's, he's in Uruguay in South America on his 48th mission trip, mm -hmm. working with indigenous pastors and leaders, discipling them that they can have more pebbles that God can use the ripples of in South America and their country. And then, then he said something I don't think I've ever heard anybody else say that we've interviewed. And what a powerful truth. If you're going to be on mission, then you need to get involved two ways. You need to be involved financially and prayerfully. And I'd reverse those because I think if you're involved prayerfully, you'll find it impossible to be involved financially because God's going to direct you where to, where to share the resources that he's put in your life. Because I don't have anything. Even the very breath I'm taking is a resource given to me by God. And he's going to direct me where to put the resources he puts into my life. 
Am I am I on mission? Am I on mission here and yonder? Am I praying into that mission? Am I giving into that mission of the resources God's blessed me? I mean, he he just got right right up into everything real fast, and he did it so gentle. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you know, you did, I didn't know an elephant could could just walk that quietly. <laughs> he stepped <laughs> on my toes like a ton of bricks. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, I loved, I did, I did really love what he said about, you know, you find a, a mission, a mission near and far. Yeah. Find something where you live that you can be involved in some type of ministry. And then, and then find that place far through prayer and giving and hopefully even going yeah. um, to be able to go and be a part of what God's doing in other parts of the world. And there's so many things happening around the world. So many wonderful ministries. Um, you know, he encourages people to pray about which one are you going to be involved in? Are you yeah. on mission? It's so easy. It's so easy to do that far mission once every couple of years and, and think I've been on mission. Yes. Mm, no, you took a vacation from not being on mission is what you did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and it's, so when you, when you have to be plugged in somewhere near, mm -hmm. it reminds you, this is, this mission's every day. It's right here in my backyard. It's right here in my neighborhood. God had a, God has a place he's called me to. And then to realize that I'm on mission when I walk out the door, going to the near mission. Yes. Because you, you develop that attitude because I should realize every morning when I get up, I'm on mission. I'm on mission here in my own home first. Mm -hmm. If I'm not on mission here, I won't know how to be on mission out there. And he did mention it starts also in your church community, being plugged into a church community yep. where you can grow, where you can serve, where you can worship together with other believers. Um, great, great way to end it. Are you on mission? Because mission. the whole point of this um, podcast is to inspire people to join Jesus in his mission. So, we hope that you've been inspired by David Nixon, and we hope that you will get his book. You will love his book, Dancing with the Impossible. Yes. Just go to his website, davidfnixon.com, and get a copy of this amazing book full of principles and stories on mission, about mission, and how to join Jesus in his mission. And, and um, we thank you for taking the time just to be with us today. We want to encourage you, uh, if you were inspired, to like um, this um, podcast on Facebook and YouTube, and also um, leave some comments and then subscribe. If you have not yet subscribed to the Rooftop TV, please do so. Hit the notification bell so you'll know when the next episode is released. And follow us on Facebook and social media platforms. We are on several different platforms. And then share this with others. And last but not least, this is really important. If you are listening to this on Spotify or any other platform, um, please write a review. It doesn't have to be long. It can be just a few words. Um, just leaving a review of how God used this podcast to inspire you and bless you. So thank you for taking the time today. If you don't know more about us, um, just go to therooftop.org and learn more about the rooftop movement that is happening around the globe as we are making disciples who make disciples in over 65 countries around the world. Our goal is by 2026 to make a million disciples who are making disciples in a hundred countries. 
And then next March, we invite you to join us in Dallas, Texas for the Rooftop Discipleship Summit as we discuss how do we join Jesus beyond the walls to make disciples who make disciples where we live, work, and play. You can go to the rooftop.org slash summit and learn more about how you can be with us online or on site in Dallas, Texas. Thank you for, again, just taking time out of your schedule. Listen and be a part of Rooftop Perspectives. Again, we encourage you to share this with others so they will know about um, David Nixon and an incredible, incredible ministry that he leads. And just as he lives out God's calling on his life each day. So God bless. Have an incredible week and um, go out and join Jesus on his mission. God bless. Amen.